0: This is an I am listening exclusive podcast. Sometimes when I do a talk, or a presentation, or something, I remind myself specifically of things that I did, and I've kind of normalised them. I guess mm. you know, oh, yeah, I did the arches? Yeah, um, I had an opening sketch on the Brit Awards. You know, so you, you kind of say these things, and they don't, they don't have the resonance for me that they might have for other people listening to them. It was so just kind funny. of like
1: what you do. Hello and welcome to this Tread Lightly podcast from us at the Rainham Eco Hub. My name is Kaylee and I'm Liz and this podcast is where we delve a little bit deeper into those conversations with local everyday heroes that are doing small and impactful changes. We hope that you get as much out of this as me and Liz do and that you also laugh just as much too. So today, Kaylee and I are really excited to be chatting to Jackie
2: Weaver. You may remember Jackie is the Chief Officer of Cheshire Association of Local Councils. And in December of 2020, in the middle of lockdown, she acted as a facilitator at a meeting of Hanforth Parish Council. Since the recording of the meeting went viral in February 2021, Jackie's found herself catapulted into fame. She's been immortalised in sponge cakes and her face and catchphrases printed on T-shirts and fridge magnets and cut her first dance track. Jackie recently launched her chart topping podcast and has spoken to Jack Whitehall, Anton De Beck, and Jeremy Vine. And we were absolutely thrilled that she decided to talk to us here at the Rainham Eco Hub, talking about what it is to come together as a community and that we do all have
1: authority here to take action. Hello and welcome back to this podcast where this is probably going to be, hands down, 100% my most famous, most fabulous, favourite podcast of all time because we have the amazing Jackie Weaver with us this morning. How are you, Jackie? I'm
0: oh, very well, thank you. What a lovely introduction. We
2: can't begin <laughs> to tell you how... how how perfect your um, shot to fame was in terms of where we were at and we just talked about you so much. We've got our, <laughs> our fangirl T-shirts on today,
1: which we really sad oh, to goodness. know that you didn't get any credit for that. That makes me sad. It makes me want to rip it up now.
0: Not not the birthday cards, the cake, the mug, no.
2: the tea towels. <laughs> what about if you signed this one? We posted it to you, signed it, and then
1: you could.
0: <laughs> oh, it an eBay auction. Oh my god, the sky, would be the, sky would be the limit.
1: <laughs> Imagine how much money you'd make. <laughs> Honestly, in all seriousness, thank you so much for giving us your time. We know that you are incredibly busy. We have read your book, which is Jackie Weaver. You do have the authority here. So for those people who don't know who Jackie Weaver is, which I'm sure there are not many, who are you? Who are you and why are we talking to you?
0: Uh, where do you start? Wife, mother to three boys. Day job is looking after 234 parish councils across Cheshire. I've been a, um, I've done that job for the last 27 years. And I know that sounds like, oh, my God, you could have been a bank manager in that time. Um, but actually, the local council world changed such a lot in that 27 years. So our local councils, the ones I look after, you know, maybe 27 years ago would have, I don't know, sat around discussing potholes and septic tank drainage. These days, they do all sorts of stuff for their communities. And the very kind of thing that you're interested in, of course, which is about climate change, all that kind of thing, more and more of our local councils are very much getting behind that agenda. Oh, and there was that video as well, wasn't there? What video, <laughs> Hmm. What happened? It <laughs> we went viral, and that was incredibly weird. But Tell us was, about it. One day you are completely anonymous in your own little bubble world, and the next day you literally have a roadblock. It's not a very wide road, given, um, with vans and cars, etc., of reporters all lined up <laughs> to talk about that parish council meeting
2: what happened in the parish council let's presume we're talking to somebody who had their eyes closed during lockdown
0: well first of all for us it was unusual because it was zoom um -hmm. so that we you know we we weren't really very used to zoom meetings to to virtual meetings of any kind um and there was yeah three very difficult councillors um and one of them uh ended up being put in the naughty steps I want to be putting
2: the naughty steps so bad today. (laughs) And
0: the other was just so shocked he couldn't believe it. But to be honest, it was was one of those things that happened in the spur of the moment. I think what a lot of people don't appreciate is that that meeting actually took place in the December, but the video went viral in February. Wow. come on. Had you not really sat and thought about it? Yeah, a lot went on in between, like Christmas. COVID Christmas. To me, COVID Christmas was far more important than any parish council reading. Had you not given it that much thought since then? or have was... never given it another thought. Not one. All I did when I wrote the minutes for it. But <laughs> <laughs> it never crossed my mind again. Never. That's... And in fact, so much so that when the, when the first reporter was talking to me, you know, you, you get very good at having to think on your feet when you do the job I do. And I had absolutely no idea what we were going to talk about. So I waited for the questions to come and then, you know, I was beginning to form a view of what it was. And then when he'd finished, and it was obvious about this and Fourth Parish Council meeting, I went back and looked at the video because I was thinking, what did I miss? (laughs) Because I had this horrible fear. That, you know, you're blindsided when you're on a, a virtual meeting. All you're looking at is the person in front of you or the screen in front of you. And I thought, did my husband do one of his usual things? which is what well, He doesn't think anybody can see him when he comes into the room. He thinks he's invisible. <laughs> also, he thinks you can't hear him. <laughs> you know? And you thought no, that's how you went viral? Well, I wondered what I wondered if I just normalised something that he he does that just yeah. no everyone else had thought was hilarious. You know, like he'd, he'd come in in his string vest or something <laughs> <laughs> with a mug of tea, and I just had been blissfully unaware of it. I just didn't, I didn't see it. I don't mean I didn't see him in his vest, but I didn't <laughs> see the. It didn't. It wasn't a nice thing to, to witness. But in the bigger picture of things it wasn't that bad. It didn't warrant, you know, two years, constant media attention. How did you find that? Well, I get asked that question a lot and I keep trying to think of a really good answer to it, which I haven't done yet, so let's give it another go. When you are incredibly busy, because I also maintained a day job during all that period, you don't really have time to sit and think, Mm. is this a good idea? Or... Perhaps I should say no. And the other thing is that my assumption was this will last for a day. Okay, this will last for the weekend. Okay, give it a week. It won't last the month. And so you're constantly kind of adjusting that time frame, you know, and always thinking nobody will be interested tomorrow, but the tomorrow never came. So it was a bit like being on a, it's a bit like being in a hamster wheel where you're kind of frightened that if you stop, Imagine a hamster wheel, a little hamster yeah. in it, and the hamster just stops running. In no time at all, the hamster will be upside down, followed by shortly being flattened at the back on the bottom. Yeah? And you kind of think, maybe I could slow down, and you test that a little. And no, no, keep going, keep going. So I guess that it was weird. It is weird. But life just gets in the way and makes it kind of all back to normal again.
2: it? So you do feel like you've come back down to, to Earth finally.
0: I don't know that I ever felt a left earth. It was just kind of, sometimes when I do a talk or a presentation or something, I remind myself specifically of things that I did. And I've kind of normalized them, I guess. Mm. You know, Oh, yeah, I did the arches? Yeah, I um, oh, uh, had an opening sketch on the Brit Awards. You know? So you, you kind of say these things and they don't, they don't have the resonance for me that they might have for other people listening to them. It was it's just so kind funny. of like, that's what you do. Because you're just Jackie Weaver and that's what you do. <laughs> Possibly.
1: How did your husband feel then? You must have been on the outside looking in going, this is my Jackie.
0: But my husband is lovely, as, as, as you might imagine, because I wouldn't have stayed with somebody who wasn't. And he's the kind of chap who, like when we're in the, in the queue at Lidl, to, you know, queue to not to pay, does the cashier, this is Jackie Weaver, you know. Does he? <laughs> I love that. Do you jump the queue? <laughs> As I stand there in my scruff No you know, hair not done or anything Thinking oh open the ground open not please <laughs> What a lovely man What a lovely lovely man
1: He fangirls over you all the time And that makes me happy
0: if, if you know someone's coming You know like having an interview or something He has a little yeah. sign that he puts out That says Jackie Weaver lives here oh. <laughs> he I
1: love that I hope that he forever does that for you Liz and I were talking that we are lucky that we've got a really good relationship with our local council officers here and um, I think they they were so jealous that we were meeting with you today and that they see you as a bit of a hero for them and I know you probably would go oh no but they do all of the things that you say and talk about and uh cheer on in your book they are really pleased that you are kind of standing up for them and kind of and you dedicated your book to them I think in the not to ours specifically but it says to all the sung, unsung heroes and heroines of the local council world for their driving enthusiasm and tireless efforts and to my husband for his endless kindness and patience. That's so lovely. It's lovely. That's really lovely. I'm mean, always putting a sign out when people are coming to visit. And like tell the, <laughs> the lady at Lidl.
2: So, Jackie, it, it, I guess it's, it's important that we kind of understand why we, why we wanted to chat to you today, obviously, because you're a national treasure, goes without saying. Up there with Helen Mirren, of course. <laughs> um, but for us, you know, while we've been, we're coming into our fourth year now. So, we started the Rainham Eco Hub in the depths of the first lockdown, so in 2020, thinking that it would just be kind of a Facebook page where people would go, where can I get my toothbrushes? Or where do you recycle your, I don't know, pots? whatever it might be. And actually, it's been a real movement in our town of people that are really keen to see big improvements in environmentalism and making the town greener and more sustainable. And people are doing amazing things. But often, Kayleigh and I kind of talk about some of the blockers and some of the things that people find quite challenging in terms of being able to be more sustainable in their lives. And one of the things that people do talk about is being sustainable up against people that they find quite challenging. So we'd have conversations with people who perhaps would like to do more environmental stuff at work but there's blockers there's difficult people to get around or they'd like to make changes in their home but certain people aren't necessarily on board with making those changes and whatever else it might be and in one of the chapters of your book you talk specifically about dealing with difficult people so we just wanted your thoughts your advice on if you're looking from a sustainable point of view you want to make these changes but you're up against difficult people. Do you have any kind of words of advice or wisdom for these people who want to make the change, but they're perhaps up against it with some challenging personalities?
0: Where do you start? You know, to write a whole book on that on its own. Maybe I will. Um <laughs> do it. I guess there's lots of things that we as people put in our own way to stop us doing something. And um, so you know we, we we overthink things, we plan. Um and then as we're planning we're looking ahead we can see all these problems that are going to come along the way. So um, I can't. I don't know how to start. So and so isn't going to like it. It's going to take to All of these things. And so what we do is we, we sit at home and we think and we plan and we don't take that first step. And we don't take the first step because we can't see the whole of the journey ahead. Okay, and we do that in so many different areas of our lives. And and I always say the first thing to do is just take a step just one because as soon as you've taken that one step you'll see where to take the next one Mm. so when we first of all we we set up this idea that somebody is going to block our way well challenge it first of all see if they do so you start a conversation along the lines of I'd like to do this can you help me identify what problems I'll have across along the way Oh, that's a good shout, isn't it? And people love being asked for help. You know, if, if you if you approach it with "I'm going to do this and nobody's going to stop me," then what you'll immediately do is get barriers. Mm. But if you say to someone, "I'm not sure what to do about this. Can you help?" Most people will offer help. I love
1: that. I really like that. It's really clever, isn't it? Mm. 'cause i that comes into um the next thing that we were talking about, uh which was about authority, and obviously during your book, you talk a lot about um you do have authority and being able to exert it and being assertive in in kind of how you um go about your life with relationships and and stuff and and we have a conversation locally in our community a lot about people waiting to be given given that authority or being given permission to go and do stuff in their local community to make a difference um and so i would really be interested to see what your take on that is to say do people need to be given authority do you already get given authority and actually it's just about how you exercise that um and how do you how do i guess uh don't do what you just said, which is go in and go, I'm doing this, this is this is my space. How can you how can you have that balance, that healthy balance?
0: Well me you know how anytime you've got a problem, you always think that problem is specific to the thing that you're trying to do. Okay. So perhaps you'll say, I have a particular problem getting people to to start local initiatives um on climate change. We have the same problem with town and parish council. We say, we have a particular problem in getting people to come forward and stand as parish councillors. So what do we do? Well, we rely on all the old favourites. We write emails. We send emails to millions of people. We stick posters up, although these days we stick it on Facebook and things like that, but I'm not very good with social media. Um, So we have all these general things that we do that we just put out there waiting for someone to pick it up. And then we say, mm, nobody's interested. Yeah. What a more effective way of doing something is to say to somebody, Liz, you would be an ideal person to be a counsellor. You've got all the qualities that we are looking for in a counsellor. You've got connections with the community. Your passion for community initiatives shines through. You're just what we need. And I might have to come back two or three times and reinforce it. But I haven't had to send out as many emails. I haven't reduced the pile of trees to paper. And I've got one counsellor. Okay, I haven't got a dozen counsellors. I haven't got a thousand counsellors. I've got one, but I've got one more than I had before. It's about targeting people so that there'll be some people who are natural leaders or some people who will pick up that Facebook post or poster or whatever and say, I am the right person to drive that forward. But Most people are not that kind of person. Most people need to know that actually you are talking to them. So you have to find a way of targeting, for want of a better word, or making it clear to somebody that it is them that you are talking to, not everybody. And people like to join. When people see something is happening, they're more likely to join it. So if we all wait, For leaders to spontaneously appear, we'll all be waiting a long time. But if we see someone who has the qualities of leadership and we develop that, then we end up with a pretty good local council or network. You're actually not the only
1: person who has given that advice to Liz. Uh, Many people have said that about Liz. I think she needs to take the nudge now. If Jackie Weaver says, Liz. (laughs) Jackie, will you go on my manifesto?
0: (laughs) But again, it's about those it's about those preconceptions, because, you know, take, taking that example, you know, somebody say, oh, well, no, I'm not really interested in local government, you know, I, I, I don't know about bureaucracy and stuff like that. Well, that's not what being a counsellor is all about. Being a counsellor is all about being passionate about your community and your environment. And people like me are passionate about democracy and paperwork, and we make that work for you. So both together, great.
1: Do you want to live more sustainably, but you just don't know where to start? Did you, like me, sign up for February and accidentally buy chicken sausages on day two?
2: Does the whole eco thing leave you feeling confused and sometimes overwhelmed? If so,
1: this is the podcast for you. Remember to check us out on our socials on Facebook and Instagram, the Rainham Eco Hub. You became such a hero because
2: I think of exactly that. That I think some of what the um, the Zoom call that we witnessed it was probably starting to bash some of those stereotypes and the expectation of how you would be treated if you. Um, got stuff wrong or perhaps if you were timid you wouldn't be able to cope in those kind of situations or if you were somebody who wasn't as experienced you know you could easily be overrun by people who perhaps do see themselves as natural leaders or do come forward and have a certain way about them and the fact that you came in and just debunked those myths I think is going to go a long way to giving people more confidence to step into those spaces which I think have been shrouded in uh, things being a certain way for a long time. When people see
0: a snapshot like that council meeting, well, you didn't even see the whole council meeting. You see a snapshot of the council meeting. There is an assumption that that person is like that all the time. And for me, it's about pick your battles. <laughs> so there's lots of stuff in the parish council world um, that councils get wrong. And those kind of, it, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we can put it right. It's not going to change the world. There are one or two things that really do matter. And we have to we have to make them right. But if you approach everything with the same kind of, no, nope, it has to be right attitude, then you just, nobody will work with you. So most of the time when you see me in a council meeting, I say nothing. You know, leave, leave people to get on with doing what they're doing. Because it does mean that when you do um, say something, when you do act, then people take notice. It's like swearing, okay? If if somebody swears all the time, and a pet hate of mine at the moment is that we have films that are, you know, pretty good storyline, but every single word is the F word. Oh no. And it's not that it offends me, you know, it's that it's lazy. You know, get- if you can't express yourself in any other way, then that is you're not very intelligent and it's lazy. But if you don't normally swear, and occasionally you do for emphasis, my goodness it makes people has better, more impact.
1: Say. Yeah. Absolutely. We do have this conversational time because um, Liz and I are complete opposites. We're a little bit like chalk and cheese. And um, when we sit and we compare certain um, scenarios about like our backgrounds and like how we've been brought up and stuff, my mum would have absolutely called me to get ready for school in the morning if she was awake. And she would have said, "Kaylee, Evan, come and get your shoes on. Evan, come. And when I told Liz this, she was like, Really? really and I really try hard as an adult not to and Jeff but I really do don't I and not in the best times I really have to stop myself sometimes.
2: <laughs> I guess your point is noted in the sense that it's the impact that, t- yeah, that these things yeah, have and I still yeah. think you have kind of impact in the way
1: that you <laughs> communicate with people. I just have a Kaylee' way of communicating sometimes, and but- Kaylee doesn't f and Jeff,
2: and we know that she means business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that
1: is true, actually.
0: Yeah, I do swear, Um but I don't swear often. And when I do it, I do. I am mindful that I am doing it to make a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I no. think that's the difference,
1: isn't it? It's, yeah, just knowing who you're talking to, when you're talking to. And I think you're right. I think that kind of leads on to one of your other chapters in your book, which is around,
2: it's called Keep Calm and Press Pause on the Noise, which I think's really interesting kind of within the environmental space because there's so much noise out there. There are so many people having a say about climate change. Is it real? Isn't it real? Should we be... Using our cars, is that anti-motorist? You know, should we be uh, boycotting certain banks or are we cutting off our nose to spot our face or should we be investing in this or not? There's a hundred things that you could think about with every single environmental decision that you make. The one this week that we've been talking about was toilet roll, so not wrapped in plastic, which is great. So People have gone out and bought this particular brand of toilet roll and then doing a bit of digging. It's been imported from China. So you just go, oh, I really, really care. And I really want to get this right. But there's so much noise that it's hard sometimes to take that first step. And I guess pressing pause on the noise was a really nice way of kind of describing how you... How do you block out a million different conversations and someone saying, don't do it that way, do it this way, try this. Have you thought about doing that? Don't do that. You might make this happen and just to feel comfortable to just give it a try. And you might get it wrong, like you've said before, and it might not be the right decision and you might have to change your mind again. How can you how can you press pause on the noise to try and do one step at
0: a time? The things in that for me. I think one of them is be clear about what it is you're trying to achieve. And that can be different from what you're trying to do. Again it goes back to that one step at a time in many ways. So that if if we try to get everyone to change fast because it's the right thing to do. And we of course we want to save the planet and of course we're, we are we wouldn't ever um say that any climate scientist was um exaggerating. Of course we wouldn't. However if we really want people to change, then why not encourage them to recycle and do it in, in the way that the council wants it done, because it will save money. It wasn't what you wanted to achieve. You're you know, you weren't setting out to, to save people money. But if you want people to do what you want, as in change the way change the, the way they operate in order to reduce our carbon footprint then find a way of making it attractive to people who don't want to hear your message.
1: That is so interesting. Make
0: it easy for them to do it.
1: We had um, uh, a previous episode, I think it was called, was it the injustice one? Yeah. Climate injustice. Where we was basically talking about how the people that are most affected by climate is, with the atrocities of the the climate crisis, um, are the people that have the least power to be able to, not the least power, the least... They have the least impact, don't they? They give the least impact. And reality. possibly the least power as well. I think you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. No, we did talk about that. And I think when you are trying to pick your battles, and battles is probably not the right word, but when you're trying to pick your area of, of change that you want to sort of work on, it's we have this conversation a lot about how do you kind of... Um, how do you pick them in the first place? How do you know which is the right one to pick? And and then when uh, people are chipping in from all sides of the conversation, how do you kind of cut them out? We talk about that an awful lot outside of the podcast even, don't we? Hmm. Um, and I think that um, you are, so you're so wise, Jackie. You're able to, you're so objective, like I guess... One, you're outside of our sort of situation, so being able to listen to you but kind of give insight from the outside is really insightful and I think we've probably learnt so much in the last 20 minutes than we have done in the last... Four years, I would say, because one of the other things that I picked up that I loved the most in your book is about common sense and how having a common sense approach to um, issues is sometimes what's needed. I mean, I don't have any formal qualifications whatsoever, and I love the fact that sometimes when we're sat in meetings where... We are trying to change people's policies or kind of give advice on how they can do things differently, and I'll come up with the most simplest thing that's like simplest simplest, and they go, "Oh, that! Oh, well, I didn't even think of that." And it's because everybody always operates on this top top level of, you know, it needs to be this big huge thing. Actually, some of the some of the things that make the big difference is the low level stuff that normal everyday people can do and um I don't ever big myself up but that is one of my superhero powers I think <laughs> and that's why I think the
2: council um council officers have asked Kaylee to to join meetings and I think that Kaylee like you has got a really common sense view to stuff of just taking some of the kind of hysteria that I bring to the table out, out of the conversation and just go let's just make this work so I think you two share a share a lot in that sense I mean
0: one of the things that we are we are all really all of us Really bad, at. and that is, I think, I, I don't think it's exclusively women, but I think it's largely women. We all have imposter syndrome, and when you say, I say the simplest thing, the most obvious thing, and it's just because they're operating up here that they haven't noticed. You deprecate yourself because you're what you're really saying is, I have the ability to see through the confusion to something that is fundamentally important. And that's not because you're just thick and you see the obvious stuff. It is that you have a talent that other people don't have. But we we, we dismiss that and we say, Well, they, they just have me there because I you know, I bring a bit of rough into the room. <laughs> that's the game
1: the I love that. I want that on a t shirt. And next time I turn up to a council meeting, I bring a bit of rough to this room. When Kaylee goes that. viral, that's what she's gonna do. She'll get rights to that though, Jackie, don't you worry?
2: <laughs> She'll
0: learn your lesson. But, but the other thing is about your point about about how the people who um, have the, the most—how did you put it—that the largest number of people um, have no power to influence change. I don't think I agree with you mm-hmm. because I think that what's different is that they—they they individually don't affect change, but they have the advantage of being a large number, and large numbers will always um, be of interest to people who can. Who can, who are empowered to make change, because either you're buying their products and they want you to say positive things about them, or they want you to vote for them, etc. So if in your community it's clear that um, anything to do with 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 climate or the environment, etc. is key to the people who live there, then even if your existing politicians are all climate deniers. By the time it comes to election, and you're only ever four years away, their views will change. Well, certainly when they when they meet you and they're voting in committees, etc., their view will appear to have changed. Really do have influence, and that again is it, it, the point you made when you sat in that committee. Is we often look for a complicated solution to something, something that's really intelligent, because we'll have to write a paper about it, because we love writing papers. <laughs> and the longer your paper can be, then obviously the more important your suggestion will be. Yeah. Yeah? So anything that you can write, you know, literally on the back of a fag packet, although we don't use them anymore, um, isn't value. So it's how do I make this very simple thing worthy of a paper? Mm. And that comes down to getting your your council officers on board so that they write it in a way that it sounds far more enticing than the actual idea, which in itself was really simple.
1: And that's really important because I am a massive advocate for making things accessible for people because I think a lot of the time... um, even outside of the environmental stuff, that people put out, this is what you should be doing, this is the right thing to be doing. And then it's so much jargon. There's so much complicated language that's used. And actually, all they want me to do is put my yoghurt pot in a blue bin. Well, I can do that. Just tell me I need to put it in a blue bin. I mean, our recycling team in our area is actually very good. But our recycling rates are still really, really uh, low. And so using that as an example... I love opening up that conversation to say, well, how can we get better at that? What can we be doing to to make that better and, and to engage the people that are not currently we're talking to? And there are quite a few uh, communities that we're not actually engaged with in this conversation. So um, it's quite good. Liz and I uh, was talking when we was um, talking about meeting you today. Uh, Liz and I uh, have kind of got a bit of a plan for 2024. So the Rain Amica Hub will be entering its fourth year. And um, we're really excited. And when we started this kind of community group, we didn't really have a plan. Everyone kept telling us we needed a strategy. We, we still ain't got a strategy, really. We can have a mission statement.
0: Have a mission <laughs> statement as well. They're, they're good. You
1: can write us a <laughs> mission statement, Jackie. Add that to your to-do list. <laughs> um, and so we're kind of coming up and kind of getting excited about what 2024 can look like for us. And like you said earlier, imposter syndrome is something that we have and it's something that we recognise that we have, which is, I guess, one point, we recognise we have it. Uh, second point would be how can we um, do anything about it? And so your one of your last topics in your chapters in your book is be comfortable in your own skin. And I love some of the things that you wrote in there. Um, if you wanted to share any of your top tips for being a woman in a space where you have authority and power and influence, how can you get into that more comfortably,
0: more easily? For me, the important thing is how you get the message across. Very often, we are all giving out the same message. You know, it, 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 there's possibly nothing new under the whole thumb. Okay? But what makes a good communicator is somebody who is able to take that well-known message and make it into something that the person with them can recognise. So it's the same message, but you're giving it to different people in, in different ways. So I think that often we assume that everybody knows what we are thinking. Everybody knows. So you absolutely <laughs> understand. You can see completely through me. You know my motivations. You know my... Weaknesses, you know I can't do X, Y, and Z. You you probably were thinking about me all last night, thinking about evil ways in which you could undermine me.
2: I was thinking about you last night, Jackie, 100%. Yeah, <laughs> no, I didn't want to kill you,
0: though. <laughs> but it never occurs to anybody that you're meaningless. I mean, and for most of us, we are. You know, nobody thinks bad. It's not that they're plotting our downfall. So if you leave a room with your skirt up in your knickers, and you think that is your life spoiled forever, somebody will have had a good laugh about it, and they will never give it another thought. You, on the other hand, will hound for that moment for the rest of your life. (laughs) And it'll be the reason that you don't do 5,000 other positive things. That is... That is That's so, true. so true. You are unimportant. Thank everybody. you. Because I
1: was just about to read your on your um with each chapter in your book, I absolutely love there's like a little, I don't know what it's called, like a little <laughs> title underneath. And in the be comfortable in your own skin one, it says, We are constantly told we are unique and special. In all likelihood, we are neither of those things. <laughs> And it's so true, isn't it? It's so so true. Yeah. The world does not revolve around us. Uh, my husband likes to tell me that all the time.
0: <laughs> way, I, I don't mean we all have this mad power complex where we no. think that you know we are deserving of it, but we do think that people people think about us. You know, yeah. people kind of. Yeah. You know, and and we're not. We are, I guess what I'm saying is we are free. You know, people are not creating a box for us to fit in. We are creating the box.
2: We create the box.
1: Oh, my God.
2: We create the box.
1: <laughs> so next time I wake up at 3 a.m., and I go, oh, what did that person think of me? I'll do this tonight, Jackie, by the way. I will wake up at 3 a.m. and I'll go, why did I say that to Jackie Weaver? Why? <laughs> and I will never now be able to rectify it. I'll always do that because that's the type of brain that I have. So really what I need to do is, Jackie Weaver ain't even going to give it a She's second not thought. Think so actually, why am I even bothering? Not in a horrible way, but that's, that's true life, right? So yeah, you're right. Why am I giving it a second thought? Because we're irrelevant. In that sense of like, I mean, I'm sure there are things that we could probably do that would be huge, but we haven't done them yet. So that's all right.
2: And I think that ties in nicely with you. Um, you took a bit of a risk when you went viral. I don't think you had much control at the <laughs> beginning bit, but, you know, you opened up great opportunities and you, you did things I bet you never thought you'd do. Said yes, wondered where it would take you and it took you to cool places. And But you still, still seem very much the same Jackie Weaver that we saw on that Zoom call.
0: You face. In, in 20, 2021 or 2020? 2020, 2021 wasn't it? There is only one. I guess that's the the, the point, really. And a lot of the people, you know, say, "Oh, I could never have done that." If you asked me if I could do it, I would probably say no. But a lot of things in life, you don't have the ability to to sit. And, I mean, you both have children? Question mark. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, supposing, um, uh, supposing I said uh, one of your children had hurt themselves, usually involving something like a ring pull cam, or don't get me started, I hate those <laughs> things. <laughs> and if somebody said to you, "Oh, you know, can you de- can you deal with blood?" You know, "Oh, no, 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 can't do anything like that." And the moment your child is damaged, your ability to cope is just just there. there yeah, it's very true, actually. Yeah. yeah. And so if you don't have the opportunity to sit and think about what if, then you just get in there and do it. Of course, the other thing is that in the background to all of that, um, local councils, which is my thing, never get any press. You know, various campaigns over many, many years still don't get any traction. And here we have the press knocking on the door talking about local councils. And somebody said to me, why did you Why did you choose to let them in? And I said, where's the choice? Isn't this the very thing that we've wanted for the last 30 years? Yeah. There is no choice to be made. You open the door. Otherwise, the last 30 years are alive. Yeah. You weren't really that bothered. You didn't really want <laughs> it, yeah.
1: If there was like one message that you could give to council officers um, everywhere, what would it be,
0: do you think? Given my experience over the last year or so, I would say be kind to yourself. I think there's lots of things happening in, in kind of like local council world at the moment. L- a lack of money. Um, and as soon as you make people fight for resource, they get unpleasant. You know, if there's only one biscuit left, ooh, you know, it's, um, it's ugly in the room. Mm. Um, so lack of money is not helpful. Job cuts, not helpful. Public expectation, higher and higher every year. Money, less and less. So you're already in a very difficult environment. So don't begin to believe what they're saying about you. (laughs) You are still a nice, good person doing a good job in a difficult situation. Don't become what they say you are.
1: Thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. We have really, really enjoyed it. And I think you've given us so much nuggets of wisdom that we'll probably talk about for the rest of our life Uh, so thank you so very much you're very welcome thank you for listening to the Rainham
2: eco hubs tread lightly podcast if like us you're trying to be more sustainable then like and subscribe to get notified when we release new episodes or even better share with your friends and family hope you enjoyed today's episode and thank you for joining us stay safe keep going and find us on socials cheers guys this has been an i am listening exclusive podcast For more information, head over to our website, im-listening.co.uk.